NBA Straya, how are you going? I hope you're well. That's right, it's Wednesday, hop day, November 8. I am your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website. It's called CodeBet. Go check that out at codebet.com.au. Uh, you can see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, CodeBet Daily, Fox Sports Lab NFL, all the good stuff. Basically, uh, here in Lariama Studios, because Optus decided to melt down Melbourne and the country, uh, including Melbourne's trains. So, uh, yeah, big one today. So, a bit of work from home action. <laughs> so, why not? Uh, just going to do a quick show today because there's no games. But what we'll do is we're going to do a Where They At? Two weeks in vibe by the standings. We'll go through everyone's record and just sort of have a quick summation of Where They, where they At? Where they at, man? Uh, and then we'll preview all 14 games tomorrow. It is epic tomorrow. So I figured to go through all of the teams and then talk about them again, basically, in the uh, game previews should be enough for a show. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and that's it. It's a big Wednesday show. It's a lot of fun. Um, we'll save all the yeah, nahs and unpopular opinions of the day, etc., for tomorrow. And uh, literally just, you know, go through all the teams. Preview all the games, and that'll be it for today. Noise one. All right, let's get into it. Episode 980 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Better watch out for the Dylan Brooks attack. If you're LeBron James, he's ready to lock him up, says Dylan Brooks, because he's a nutter. <laughs> I love that. Uh, before we get into the where they at two weeks into the season, let's do a quick, uh, I don't know, news wrap. How do we start every show? Well, it's with the daily whip around. Oh, I get it, Dad. It's a whip crack sound, Jim. Good one, man. Yeah, thanks, bro. Uh, right, real easy, quick news. Udonis Haslam will get paid for life by the Miami Heat. <laughs> He's now like their vice president of basketball like development and coaching like resource which is awesome. What a gig. It's like, oh, hey, UD, what do you reckon of this? Oh, yeah, it's not bad. That's <laughs> fucking fantastic. Um, so he's an executive with the Heat. It would have been hilarious if he ended up with another team. I'm, I'll be honest. It would be fucking hilarious. Oh, well. Uh, the other big news that popped off over the last day or, to, uh, day or so uh, since we last spoke at the end of yesterday uh, the Pretty Chaos Lakers Heat game was uh, very fun. And the Lakers had a bit of a cry. Aww. The Lakers stink! Aww, LeBron James doesn't get enough calls. What the shit are you on about? Seriously? The Lakers got in contact with the league office and were like, Hey, there's lots of missed foul calls on LeBron. And it's like, hey, uh, remember when the fucking refs tweeted out, We will not sleep well ever again! Because we've missed all these foul calls. And ever since then, the Lakers have gotten more foul calls by a horrifyingly large degree than every fucking team in the NBA. Yeah, stop your fucking sooking. The best part was the NBA came out and was like, oh, yeah, just bro, check out the uh, last two-minute report, eh? 
No incorrect calls. Sucked in. Brap, 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 brap. The NBA just going, yeah, shut the fuck up, you bunch of fucking crybabies. Uh, pretty good. Look, this is the tough part, though. LeBron is really hard to fucking officiate. We all understand that. Because he's big. He's fast. He's awesome. He's also been playing for 21 years. He knows all the tricks. Kind of love it. Good on him. He should get more calls than he does. But fucking don't sook about it in public, you fucking crybabies. Anyway, other bits of news. Uh, there's a great uh, Chris Haynes report about how Dame was hanging out at Giannis' house over the weekend watching film. And they're just trying to, like, you know, build each other up. It's like, oh, they're friends. That's nice. Other little bits of news about injuries. Plums. Mason Plumley, the bloke who looks just my, like my youngest brother. Uh, he's out with a knee sprain, which is pretty good news if you're the Clippers because uh, it did not look good. So MCL sprain in his knee, obviously it fucking hurt. The thing is, it's like one of those ones where you go, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to go uh, get a bit more further evaluation. So he looked really, really, really hurt, which is pretty tough. So hopefully Plumley's fine and, like, I don't know, sprains and knees, never great, but it's something that at least you haven't fucking snapped anything, you know what I'm saying? So good stuff. And the last, last little bit was uh, Terry Rousey on the Hornets. Uh, he is nursing a groin injury, so he's out for a couple of uh, games at the very least. So we'll see what happens there. I don't know, the Hornets have like weird things where like their dudes are in and out quicker than you expect and then just disappear for like months. <laughs> so... Sure, we'll see what happens. Uh, Anthony Davis with his hip and his groin spasm, a.k.a. what, uh, I don't know, Lakers fans get when they uh, see LeBron drive to the hoop. Oh, spasm in my groin. It's like, nah, you just got a boner, you weirdos. Um, He is apparently okay. He's optimistic about just basically coming back. It's an interesting setup because they're playing Houston uh, tomorrow. That's a bit of a slightly tricky matchup because Houston... Uh, deep enough to an, like annoy teams, and if you don't have Anthony Davis, it's just it gets really tricky. So um, keep an eye on that injury report. It's going to be pretty pretty interesting, I think, because AD he's already like what averaging forty one minutes a game. He's like leading the league <laughs> in minutes, which is chaotic. Like that's just a bit. It's a bit much, isn't it? It's like what are you doing? So. In terms of the minutes per game, he is, I think he's now dropped down to 36.9, but it's because he was sort of in and out of that last game. So they're like, oh, we better be careful, eh? Yeah, he played 25 minutes last game, 32 against Orlando. So anyway, uh, keep an eye on that one. It's a bit of an interesting story because, I don't know, hips and shit like that, you just don't want to fuck with them either because that's the sort of thing that'll linger. Could you let it linger? What are you, the Cranberries? Yes. Yes, I am. Right. Two weeks into the season, it basically it started two weeks ago on this day. Um, two went a couple of, what was that, three Wednesdays ago now? Where is everybody at? How are we feeling? I feel like so far the season has been wildly entertaining. Every team basically, apart from maybe Washington, <laughs> um, has... Either something for or against them that you can sort of really latch onto. And Washington's still fun to talk about because they're hilariously bad. And they have Jordan Poole, which is like one of the most entertaining basketball players on the planet just because of the fucking crazy shit that he does. 
outside of that, you've got just the Wembenyama stuff. Zion's healthy at the moment. The Memphis Grizzlies are hilariously bad without Jar. Like, it's just on and on and on. And the cool thing is, we've even seen, like, superstars play back-to-back games so far this season, which is fucking nuts. Like, the fact that when Benyama played yesterday in that indie game was a bit of a surprise. I mean, they still got fucking killed. Uh, they did get straight killed. So he got straight killed. But still, it was very fun and it's been very good, and I'm enjoying it immensely. So let's go through every single team and go, where they at? Two weeks in. We'll talk, basically, we'll go through the East, then we'll go through the West uh, and look at some of these uh, win-loss records, how they're all rolling, and we'll start with the Boston Celtics. I don't know, if you listen to morons out there, they have the greatest starting five in the history of fucking basketball. Dickheaded! Um, five and one, they look incredible. They are scoring 123 points per game. That's, uh, I don't know about you, that's a lot. It is the second most in the NBA. But this is also helped by, similar to the Pacers, I think they've got the highest. It's just because there's a couple of massive blowouts. Ironically, the Celtics put up 155 on the Pacers, and then the Pacers turn around and uh, demolition-merated the Spurs and had 152. So uh, swings and roundabouts, Jim, swings and roundabouts. But the Celtics do look really, really good. You got the extreme zinger meal. The extreme zinger meal. Fitting in very nicely, you've got uh, Drew Holiday just absolutely doing all that he needs to, right? Derek White goes out for like the birth of his kid. Drew Holiday goes, sick man, doesn't matter. Drew's averaging like 14, 8, and 5. That's awesome. The Zingers around 19.5 points a game. Like, it's just, it's been a good start. <laughs> Like, Zinger's shooting 43% from three. Tatum's at 42%. He's averaging 30 points a game. Jalen, It's like Jalen Brown's at 23. It's like a really nice hierarchy they've very clearly got in place. Tatum, Brown, Zinger, White and Holiday is the sort of mix-and-match guards. And then away you go from there, right? Like, Al Horford doesn't need to tax himself early in the season. That's a good thing. And they're just fucking solid. Like, they're so solid across the board. Defensively, offensively, they're looking good. They're giving up 109 points a game. They have a point differential of plus 14.5, which is ah, a lot. Amazingly, they actually play number two, the Philadelphia Sixers. That's right, Philadelphia 76ers, they're 5-1. and one. They have a point differential of 13.2 because they're putting up 121.5 points a game. And look awesome because Tyrese Maxey's like obliterating teams. But like, again, these like four and against numbers are a bit weighted by one game because they put up 146 on the whiz the other day and Joel Embiid had 48 in three quarters. But five and one, like the most optimistic Sixers fans would be like, fucking yeah, I'll take that. After that opening game loss to the Bucks, uh, where they lost by what a point on that first Friday of the season, they've just not put a... You know, foot wrong. They've beaten the shit out of the Raptors twice. They beat the Suns very handily. Uh, and they, like, curb-stomped the bad teams, the Wizards and the Blazers. So it's exactly what exactly what you want to see. But for them, the big thing is Tyrese Maxey. He, they're like James Harden. Who? <laughs> points is what Maxey's averaging. That is sick. He's over seven assists. Embiid is leading the league for scoring at 32.5. To, like... Tobias Harris has been solid. 
because that's what he does. Kelly Oubre is shooting the piss out of it and then had a horrible game the other day. But they will have this season, right, to sort of formulate a plan for when they run into Boston again, presumably in the playoffs, uh, but also just to sort of figure out what their identity is. Like the two-man game, you've got Maxi, you've got Embiid, you've got the wings around them. You now add Batum and Covington and co to that. How does that all sort of fit? It should turn them into a bit of a defensive juggernaut with like offensive firepower that you're just like, holy crap. The Sixers should be really fucking good. I really like where they're sitting after six games. Milwaukee is a bit of an interesting case. They've got a point differential of minus three. That's a bit weird. They're four and two. They sneak by the Nits. Uh, they handled the Knicks as well. So that, you know, the two games against the New York teams, very handy. They beat the Heat. They beat the Sixers. And in between, they've lost to the Raptors and the Hawks. And those two games, they got, like, fucking killed. Like, they got straight killed. So he got straight killed. And obviously, Dame is in a bit of struggle town, but that's okay. He's still acclimatizing. Uh, Giannis is averaging 26-9-3. and three. Dame's at 22.5 points a game. He is shooting 40% from the floor, 32% from three. It's not great. But he is still getting to the line a fuck ton. I think that's the big thing for me, right? He's getting to the line nine and a half. He's attempting nine and a half free throw line, uh, free throw attempts a game. He's attempting nine and a half free throws, not attempting nine and a half free throw attempts. Jim, good job. That's good because that sort of just opens up Giannis and it slows the game down a bit for the Bucks sometime. And like Middleton and Drew were never the sort of dudes who were going to get to the line of shit on next to Giannis. Now he's got someone who's going to the line as much as him. So that's kind of cool. Obviously, the big thing for them is defense. How's it going to roll? Can they sort of solidify it? How's that? Uh, I mean, you gave up 125 to a Brooklyn Nets team that's basically Cam Thomas, Mikael Bridges, and not a giant amount else in terms of scoring power. So Malik Beasley's minutes are like dropping dramatically, which is hilarious because you're like, yep, it's because he's not very good. And outside of that, like the defense, are you going, right, we're going to play Crowder more. We'll have Middleton at the two. How do we do this? Do we play Paddy Connaughton more? Are we playing more campaign? They do have some interesting sort of options. I think they'll be okay. The defense should eventually sort of settle in. But giving up 119 points a game is not great. And when you've got a rookie head coach with a couple of superstars, just fucking worth you know monitoring, right? But four and two, that win over the Nets was very, very handy. Atlanta are four and three. They're sort of cruising. I was pretty bullish on Atlanta heading into the season, and you're sort of seeing the results of that, right? I think DeJunte and Trey are looking pretty good. That was a tough loss to the Thunder yesterday. And that's kind of like the big problem for me is like the defense needs to be able to lock in a little bit more. DeAndre Hunter just couldn't buy a fucking shot in that game, though. So, you know, whatever. Hawks looking good. How are they going to continue to go is going to be the big question. It's like, well, how's their defense go? Because we know the Trey can shoot the piss out of it. We know that Han DeJunte can sort of put it all together. You've got Big Deke Bay. You've got DeAndre Hanna and Bogdan off the bench. Can you just play Patty Mills though? Come on, mate. What are you doing? Hawks though, four and three. Solid start. Point differential of plus 5.3. Not bad. The paces are hilarious. They're four and three. They're in fifth in the East. They get a point differential of 3.2. Considering they're scoring 124.9 points a game, that's psychotic. It really is, because they put up 152 on the Spurs and lost 155-104 against the Celtics like three games prior to that. So I think the thing for me is Indy, 
you saw it in the win over the Cavs, and you'll sort of see it in the loss to the Hornets, right? Like the inconsistency is going to plague them, I think, all season just because they're so up and down on defense because on the wings, it's just a kind of young team still. And for all that Halliburton and Miles Turner give you, there's still going to be like Buddy Heald. He's not stopping anybody. Bruce Brown's kind of fun, but he's not going to put you right over the top as an absolute contender. And Benny Matherin, young. Obi Toppin, young. It's just a bit of an experience, I think, that'll uh, plague them throughout the season. And inconsistency is going to be sort of the thing that they need to combat. But four and three, it's a good start. They can put up points with anybody. Just, I wouldn't mind even seeing them lean into that a little bit more. and Just go, let's just fucking crank this up. And if you can like improve the defense a little bit, you should be all right. The Orlando Magic, uh, talk about an up and down team. I was very, very high on the Magic going into the season. They're four and three. Their points per game is 108. Points against is 105. Like 105.4 and 108.6. So the point differential is 0.32. The loss to the Mavericks is pretty disheartening, but the win over the Lakers was good. The win over the Yaz was good. The loss to the Clippers was bad. The loss to the Lakers was bad. This is another young team. It goes as Paolo and Franz go, basically, because they just don't have that depth to... Like, if Paolo's having a bad game, they're just going to lose it. And I was sort of hoping that if Paolo has like a substandard-ish kind of game this season, it might not matter because you'd have Franz step up and score 26 or something. They could probably still iron that out. But 4-3, and three, it's a good start. It's a solid start. Thank you, Orlando. They need Wendell back and healthy. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. They're in 7th. They're 3-4. and four. That's a weird mix of a team. It's hard to judge them because Donnie Mitchell clearly wants to go elsewhere. Uh, but they just beat the Warriors. They also lost three straight to the Thunder Pacers and Knicks at home. <laughs> like when they didn't have, well, they've not had Garrow the Fro, Jared Allen, Darius Rucker, Judy Garland was out for a little bit too. If their dudes are back, they're solid. It's just like you want need to see a little bit more two week, after two weeks of just them all healthy, right? Mobley needs to take that big step up. That's the one thing that sort of, that's the hammer drop. That's when Donnie Mitchell goes, actually, I'll fucking stay. Because Mobley's like the fourth best big man in the league. He's not quite there. The New York Knickerbockers of New York City just beat the LA Clippers. That was a big win. They're three and four. They're in eighth. They're a mess. You've got the Villanova guys. And then you've got Randall, Quickly, <laughs> and like Q Grimes basically, right? Or RJ Barrett. No, Q Grimes is uh, he's all right. But I don't know. Between RJ Barrett and Co., it's like, all right. You got the Villanovas of Brunson and Bombadivincenzo and uh, Josh fucking Hart, and it sort of feels like there's like a half a team at war with a half a team. And Julius Randle is the big problem. Like, you need to fucking move on. You need to do something, anything. He's averaging fifteen and ten. It's not bad, Jim. Yeah, but he's shooting absolutely fucking horrible. He's shooting twenty nine point nine percent from the floor. 25% from three. I don't know about you. That's fucking bad. I'm no math magician, but if you're uh, starting power forward shooting under 30% from the floor, you're not going to be too good. Of course, I won't stay around like that all year, but goddamn, it's a bad start. Anyway, uh, the Knicks, Brunson, RJ, Randall. I think the core is there, right, to be really good. If Randall really sort of kicks it back into gear, they should be okay. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it and if he can can sustain it, right? 
because we know that Bronson can. It feels like RJ is just like one good game, one bad game, one good game, one mediocre game. And it's if you get consistency out of him, you're laughing, but just not getting it. The Toronto Raptors, three and four. This is Scotty Bad Scoobs' team now, and I'm loving it. He's unreal. Uh Absolutely smashing it as well for the simple fact that I think Scoob is out there cranking along the uh, top 25 uh, players under 25, whatever the fuck it was called, right? The un- NBA 25 under 25. Gids falls in 18. Awesome. Scoob's at 15. And you're like, yep, checks out because all he's doing after his rookie of the year year has been bloody good this season. He's gone for 20 plus in six of the seven games. He had a triple couple, yeah, triple double, shooting threes. He's the man. And I love it. The big problem for the Raptors is like Siakam needs to realize that and OG Ananobi as well and sort of just go, well, how do we best play together as a team? Danny assured that same sort of vibe. Like the win over the Spurs was good. The loss to the Sixers, both of them, were being pretty disheartening. Then there was that weird Bucks game where you're like, yeah, it all clicked and they kicked some fucking ass and took some names. So Raptors, give the ball to Scoob more. They've got a point differential that's minus 0.3. So we'll see what happens there. The Nets are three and four. They're a weird team. They're a minus 0.3 point differential as well. Box Hill Benny, he set out that one loss uh, to Boston. They've been very competitive against the likes of, you know, Milwaukee. They lost that game, of course. But they beat the Bulls. They beat the Heat. They beat the Hornets. Like, as long as you're beating those teams that are basically in the East with you and you did it on the road, you should be all right. They've lost to every good team they've played, though. <laughs> the Cavs, the Mavs, the Celtics, and the Bucks. So it's like if they get Nick Claxton back soon, if Box Hill Benny can work himself into form, they're going to be in that top 10. The Miami Heat, three and four. I just, this team, it's so hard to get a read on it. When they're not coming up with shit fucking Miami Heat culture jerseys and dumb fucking, that's actually a Pat Riley quote about the 90s Knicks, all that sort of dumb shit. They're beating the Lakers after beating the Wizards, but losing the Nets, the Bucks, and the Wolves, and the Celtics. They're a strange team. It feels like they're missing like two players. It's because Gabe Vincent and uh, your man Maxi Struess are no longer there because they thought they were getting Dame, and they didn't. So you're starting Big Budokar, Larry Tyler. There goes my hero, Jimmy Butler. And then it's like, oh, I don't know. Who have we got to the four? Whoever we feel like today. Are we going to play Kevin Love? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just a weird mix. It's a really strange mix. So anyway, look, the Heat will be fine because the Heat are really well coached. They've got Bam. They've got Jimmy. They've got Hero. They're going to be thereabouts, but they are just two dudes short. The Chicago Bulls, they're bad. Three and five. <sighs> what to say about this team? Minus 5.5 point differential. What does this team do? It's like, oh, we're a good defensive team. All right, you're giving up 113 points a game at this point. <laughs> you got steamrolled by the Nuggets. You got beaten by the Nets. You got beaten by the Mavs. It's weird. It's a strange mix. You got Demar. You've got Levine. You've got Vooch. Patch Williams doesn't know how to play basketball. Kobe, Kobe, what? He was good last game in that game against Chicago. But outside of that, is he a starting point guard? No one knows. He doesn't know. The Bulls don't really know. They're going to try it. And good luck to them. The Bulls, I still think they should just tear this down to the studs and restart it all. Move Levine. Patch was a bad pick. It's like, you can see the idea behind it. You can do everything. It's like, yeah, but can he play basketball? 
The Hornets are two and four. They have a point differential of minus five point four. They're giving up 127, 121.7 points a game. Uh, they're weird because, as mentioned, they beat the Pacers the other day. They beat the Hawks in the opening game of the season, and they've lost everything else to the Pistons, the Nets, the Rockets, the Mavs. They're strange. They're very weird. They're kind of fun. And now they've just lost Terry Rose to a uh, to that injury, right? They groin from uh, logging that hog of his around, and it's like, all right, good. This might actually work in their favor because you just go right, Lamelo, just do everything, please. But Mark Williams has been really good for them. PJ Hamilton, Washington, very very good too. Gordy Haywood, solid. Brandon Miller has been v nice, the number two pick, averaging thirteen and four. But he does have those weird games where he's like, it looks good, it looks bad, it looks good, it looks bad. And that's exactly what you expect from, uh, I don't know, rookie wing. Charlotte, it's just like, all right, can Brandon Miller pop next to Lamelo, next to Mark Williams, Gordy the veteran, Rosé the veteran? What's that team ceiling though, really, you know? You just got to hope that Miller's really good. The Detroit Basketball Pistons are 2-6. and six. They've lost five on the trot now. Uh, Jalen Duran was looking pretty bloody good and uh, then got injured, came back, and they got smoked by the Warriors. They got smoked by the Shuns. They got smoked by the Pelicans. They got smoked by the Blazers. They got smoked by the Thunders. It's uh, not going great. But because they had a couple of wins, like, it's good. <laughs> like, they beat the Bulls by 16. It's still hilarious. But this team is just still, like, really unbalanced. We've talked about this time and time again. They've got 87 point guards, 87 centers. 87 centers, 87 point guards, 87 no wings. Orsar Thompson is like their wing gun. He does a bit of everything. You've got Bojan Bogdanovic. And then it's just a lot of question marks. It'd be good to see if Jaden Ivey can be all right. Marcus Sass has been really good, the rookie. It's just a weirdly Isaiah Beef Stew Stewart, Jalen Duren, Bags, Wiseman. Just weirdly unbalanced. Killian Hayes had a really good game. Kate Cunningham is just. I don't know, a work in progress still somehow, but it's because he missed most of last year. But anyway, Pistons, weirdly balanced. The Wizards, they're hilarious. They're giving up 128.7 points a game. They're 1-5. Watching Jordan Poole is amazing fun. And when I say amazing fun, I mean wildly entertaining for the boneheaded shit that he does. They have given up 146, 121, 130, 126, and 143 points in their losses so far. That's a lot. I felt pretty vindicated. I was like, I remember, I think, what, preseason looking at their over-under and going, who the fuck is going to play any defense on this Washington team? Turns out, no one! Boom, 1-5. Love it. All right, let's take a quick break. Be back with the West right after, I don't know, let's say this one. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do the West. Way out west where the rain don't fall. Anyway, uh, the Denver Nuggets are 7-1 and, and absolutely shit-pumping teams. They have a point differential of plus 10.9. That's pretty bloody good. Averaging 117 points a game. Uh, the whirring death machine is back. Their last three games have gone over the total points. They lose Jam and Jamal Murray, but look, they're so good that you can just go, Jam, look, we're fine, Jamal. We just need you healthy at some point. So don't rush back. 
Uh, I think keeping that starting five together, the continuity after winning a title, they trip up against the Wolves because the Wolves are weirdly good against them at home. And that's the only hiccup all season. Joker's unreal. He's probably going to win the MVP. They look great. The offense is awesome. Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon, like that, the sheer size of this team between KCP, even Jamal at the point guard, right? At the one, he's just fucking big. And then you go to KCP and you're like, he's fucking big. And then you've got MPJ and Gordon on the wings. And you're like, they're both fucking big. And then you got Joker, a seven foot fucking one Serbian MVP. I love Denver. I fucking love Denver. Dallas is six and one. Talk about whirring death offense. It's like, well, if we're going to score 120 points a game, we're not going to lose too many. It's like, you're not wrong. They're six and one because of that. Uh, the game that they did lose, they only scored 114 points, and it came against the fucking champs. So they've gone 126, 125, 125, 114, 114, 124, 117 they've scored. It's awesome. It's really, really fun. At the same time, it's because Luke is averaging over 30 points a game. Kyrie's at 20. Hardaway's at 18. Grant Williams, though, adding him, just that size on the perimeter. He's shooting, he's averaging 15 points a game. He's shooting the piss out of the three ball. He's at 54.3% from three, which is just stupid. But it's the addition of Derek Lively. It's been really fun. The rookie's crushing it. He's averaging a nine and eight, basically, and giving them exactly what they need because Dwight Powell, God bless his cotton socks, is not Derek Lively. If you suddenly have a bit of room protection, he's averaging, I mean, it's only one block a game, but god damn. The sheer size of him and the athletic ability, it just leaps off the page whenever you're watching them. Or leaps off the screen, I guess. Uh, and the big thing for me, obviously, I've talked about how positional redundancy was always going to be my problem with the Mavs. But Williams has played so well, it hasn't really mattered because... You sort of you've still got Seth Curry. They haven't needed to play him much at all. Uh, Jaden Hardy Hardy has barely seen the court. Dante Exum's gotten out there for the six games. He's averaging like five minutes a game, uh, just as a sort of change of pace point guard backup. Greeny's been handy too. They sort of just lack that one extra sort of small forward dude, the Dorian Finney-Smith type, right? The sort of do everything behind Grant Williams that you can slide between the three and the four. Because Greeny's not quite that big. Derek Jones Jr. is not that dude. And Max Shaklebar is definitely not either. So it sort of feels like they've got Jaden Hardy, Exum, and Curry almost just hanging out. It's like they just really like Dallas. Because <laughs> between Luca, Kyrie, Hardaway, you've got a lot of ball handling all of a sudden. You've got Sexum. And I do like how there's a lot of creation, though. And that's sort of what has been writ large so far. They're moving the ball. They're getting good looks. They're finding shooters. Like, Luca's averaging nine assists a game. Kyrie's almost at eight. That's awesome. And everybody else is sort of, you know, moving the ball and getting one or two here or there. But I want to see it move more. I want to see them turn, like, this into the beautiful game. Like, the Mavs have it in them, too. But it's been a good start. The Warriors are 6-2, and two, uh, averaging 116 points a game. Uh, point differential of plus 5.7 as well. Draymond is back. They kicked the shit out of the Pistons. They lost that weird Cavaliers game in Cleveland. That's right, because Cleveland. Cleveland. A wicked fun. Uh, six and two, though. They snuck by the Kings. They smoked the Pelicans. They really just have the Kings number. There's That's been two of the wins so far this season, and away they go. They'll be fine. 
Moses Moody's been very, very good to start the season to the point where Wiggins is just like, hey, yeah, what am I doing? And everyone's like, no one's entirely sure. Chris Paul off the bench has been very handy. He's only started the two games. Um, but I think just that the plug-and-play action of like throwing Moody out there, throwing Kaminga, who's been fucking awesome as well. I should have been banging on about Kaminga. He's almost at 13 points a game to the point where they're like, yeah, we trust him more than we go. But the balance that they've got between Moody and pa- Gary Payton the second, a.k.a. the mitten, and then Kaminga, it's really sort of solidified that wing perimeter rotation around Steph and Chris Paul. The only problem is just like, all right, Kevon Looney, great. Draymond, all right. Got to be nice if he actually had a bit of a fucking shanta, I'll tell you. Because who are you going to play? Oh, that's right. The Nuggets. Who do they play tomorrow? The Nuggets! We're going to learn a lot about them tomorrow. They are still 6-2, and two, though. You'll take that. Uh, they're amazingly 5-1 and one away from home. Remember how bad the Warriors were away from San Francisco last year? Yeah, not a problem this year. Not bloody bad, bro. The Minnesota Timberwolves are 4-0 at home. They are also 4-2 overall. So if they just played at home all season, they'd be laughing. They have a plus 8.8 point differential, 110 points a game. The Twin Towers thing is working out pretty well. It's also handy that Ant-Man is like, hey, watch me just fucking completely ruin Jason Tatum's life just these couple of times, and then also go in fuego uh, in overtime. And everyone's like, yeah, you're fucking good, man. He's averaging 28 points a game, Ant-Man. Carl Anthony Towns is settling into his role very nicely. He's 17 and 9 from him. Rudy Gobert's this stuff at that is a 12 and 12 with a couple of blocks. It's Jaden McDaniels. It's Naz Reed, though. It's the dudes around the, like, on the periphery that are really helping. Mike Conley's at 10 points a game, settling everything down. He and Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, very handy. Kind of enjoying it. It's weird, but it's sort of clicking a little bit. Let's see if they can keep it up. It's all coming down really for me for Cat, right? You're just like, all right, Cat, can you keep just doing this and just not going MIA or getting injured? Like, this team goes as far as Ant-Man goes. And so far at home, 4-0. That's good. The Pelicans are still 4-3 and three despite losing two on the trot. They've lost CJ. That's the big problem for them. Uh, I still reckon they should be starting Dyson Daniels, the vacuum. Uh, they've lost the two games in a, on the trot pretty badly to Atlanta and the Nugs. And now they play at Minnesota tomorrow. That is going to be a bloodbath, I think. I do just struggle with the Pels because CJ with the collapsed lung is a brutal loss. And point Zion, point Spindles... It feels like either one of them is really good. And at the same time, when they play together, it's like sort of weirdly overlapping and it doesn't quite work well enough. So you got My Name is Jonas, you got Herb Jones, you got the Dyson, the vacuum. I just want to see more from this team. I want to see them start Dyson Daniels. Let's see it happen. They have a point, uh, minus five point differential as well. Scoring only 109 and giving up 114, and they're four and three. So those losses have been pretty bad. OKC are four and three. I love them. I love them. Basically, I'm Joey Muzz, and the Thunder adjacent to. I love you, OKC. Oh fuck, I love you, man. Four and three. The Thunder's SGA is averaging 30 points a game. Giddy's been good. The Williams's eyes have been very good, and Chet Holmgren is a fucking revelation. I love OKC. They're only going to get better. They are loaded for bear. They're young. They're fun. They're rad. 
I didn't even mind their orange jerseys yesterday because it looks good on TV. I'd never fucking wear one, but God, they look all right. The Clippers are three and three. They just got James Harden. This is just like they've got a point differential plus seven point uh, eight, and uh, they've just gotten Harden into the starting lineup. They just lose to the Knicks. They lose to the Lakers. This Clippers team is weird. It's wonky. Plumley with the MCL sprain is probably going to hurt more than they're going to realize. But they're, two of their wins have come against the Spurs and the Blazers. So it's hard to get a read on the Clippers, but we're going to learn a lot more as we continue watching them. Harden, Rusty, Paul George, and Kawhi. <laughs> it's all just going to come down to how willing they are to be catch-and-shoot dudes sometimes, right? And it feels like Paul George should be like able to excel next to Rusty, next to Kawhi, next to Harden. We should see what happens, though. Can Harden just basically be a supercharged, awesome point guard? Can he? Or is he just going to be, Fat Man Hoop, Alec Clan? You tell him there, James. Get him. All I'm saying is, though, the uh, strippers of uh, southwestern California are going to be pretty stoked. Ah, uh, right. The Houston Rockets are an eight at three and three as well. They've won a couple in the trot against the Kings. They're still very messy. But three wins on the trot will, you know, solve a lot of things. They beat the Hornets. They beat the Kings twice without Darren Fox. Jalen Green just needs to grab this fucking team by the balls, I reckon. He's averaging 18 points a game. It's pretty good, but he's shooting 41%. Shingoon's awesome. He's averaging 18.2 points a game as well. He's got an eight and a half rebounds, seven assists. Shingun's doing it all. And you got Van Vliet and Brooks at 16 points and Jabari at 14. Amen, Thompson. Not bad. And you watch them and you're like, it just doesn't quite flow as well as it ought. Dylan Brooks is shooting 59% from the floor. Just FYI. That's definitely not going to regress to the mean. Anyway, look, Houston are a wildly hilarious experiment. And I expect them to drop off a little bit, but so far signs are okay. Like this is the floor. This is this is what they should be like, right? This is the what they were hoping for. Like it's all working together. We've won three in, the, in a row. It's like yeah, but you lost three in a row to start. Fascinating team to watch out for, and rock 'em sock 'em block 'em jock 'em Landau as well. Get him out there more. Let's go. Phoenix three and four. It's tough to judge this team because I don't know. No Booker. No Beal. KD's just going to be like, oh, I've just made a horrible mistake. <laughs> it needs 41 points from me to get past the Pistons. They lose twice to the Spurs. Twice to the Spurs. They got smoked by the Sixers. Until Booker and Beal and KD are playing, it's hard to judge what the Suns are. Still putting up 112 points a game, giving up 110. But give me some Booker. Away we go. Give me some Beal. We'll see what happens. Lakers, the Lakers. The Lakers! Are three and four, and with a minus three and a half point differential, giving up 114, scoring 111. As long as Anthony Davis is healthy, they'll be fine. I like how deep they are, but they're missing Vanderbilt, Rui and Co. Missing uh, Gabe Vincent. They've just, you know, they've got like a weird mix of dudes, but heaps of them are out at the moment, so... uh, like Gabe Vincent being out, Vanderbilt being out, Rui being out, Cam Reddish is suddenly taking game-winning shots. You're like, that's not where we want to be. So, yeah. But they're 10th at the moment, 3-4. and four. You'd expect a little bit better. I expect them to uh, have a fascinating game tomorrow. So we'll talk about that later against Houston. San Antonio, 3-4. and four. They've lost two on the trot. They have these weird games, obviously, where they'll go and beat the Suns twice, but then get fucking straight 
demolisherated by the Pacers. So he got straight killed. And uh, Wemby is awesome. They're fun. But, like, in not having Devin Vassell, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, he's really good and really important to what they do. But it's like Jeremy Sohan. I'm enjoying his year. He next to Wemby is fun. Keldon Johnson's very solid. Dougie Buckets is solid. There's just like one or two other things. Like if you had Vassell out there, they'd keep up this sort of very competitive vibe and that's what they'll be like all season, right? But they just don't quite have that depth of talent uh, behind Sohan and Wemby yet. But the Sohan thing is fascinating because using him as a point guard is really cool. It's really fun. They also have a point differential of minus (laughs) 11.3. It's second worst in the league behind the fucking horrible wizard. Uh, The Blazers three and four, which is funny. But it's mostly because they've beaten the Grizzlies, uh, Pistons, and that weird Raptors game the other day. And Scoot, that's the big worry for me. Like He has these good games, and then he has absolute just horrible ones. You're like, are you going to be all right, buddy? The big thing for them is that Shaden Sharps look fucking fantastic. He's averaging over 20 points a game. DeAndre Ayton is just still stinky, and you can see exactly why he's soft as charming, like, Softer than Kleenex, buddy. That uh, The Suns are like, no, nah, we're good. Losing Time Lord really hurts because not only do you sort of lose a really good trade chip, but, you know, backup center. It probably means that they might have to convert our man. The Great Barrier Reef. That's right. Do up Reef. Bring him in. Matty T's doing all right in 17 minutes a game. He's like the only one on that team that plays fucking defense. Jeremy Grant's like... Uh, I love being a number one on a bad team. And Malcolm Brogdon solidified this team. So they're not going to lose at a rate that you probably thought maybe. They're three and four, obviously. They're giving up 109. They've got a point differential of minus 5.4. They're not horrendous, horrendous, but they're not good. (laughs) Sacramento, two and four. This is all because De'Aaron Fox is not there. The drop-off without Fox is pretty bad. Like Losing both those games to the Rockets was bad. Um because you're like, well, you should still be getting plenty out of this the Suvlaki King, but when you can just key in on the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis, it gets a lot tougher, especially if Malik Monk is not going to step in and score like 20 points a game, and Davion Mitchell can't really carry the team as a point guard out of nowhere, and you've got Kevin fucking Huerta and Keegan Murray just not quite being awesome. They will regress to the mean, though. They're giving up 115.7 points a game and only scoring 110. Without Fox, look, this isn't incomplete. So they're 2-4. and four. That'll improve, you hope, as long as Fox comes back healthy. The Jazz are 2-6. and six. This is a concern. So the Kings and the Jazz being this far down is very worrying, obviously. But... The Yaz, I think for me, it's much more concerning because they're basically at full health. It's just that it doesn't seem like they know how to play together yet. Like, Markinen is averaging 24 and 8. Kessler is crushing it when it comes to, like, what? He's 8 and 8. But that's the sort of, you need to see him take that extra little bit of a step up. John Collins is coming. He's averaging 15 and 9, or 15 and 8 and a half. And it sort of feels like it's come at the expense of Walker Kessler and maybe a bit of balance. And you're like, oh, maybe this is why Atlanta wanted to get rid of him. But it's also because John Collins and Larry Markin and Kessler, it's like, that's just a lot of two big dudes. Talk about like weirdly unbalanced rosters. Because now they've got Colin the Sex Man Sexton, Talon Horton Tucker and Jordan Clarkson. None of whom are really, like are sort of being forced to be point guards. And you're like, oh, 
just imagine if they had an actual point guard. They might be very interesting. And like they don't know if they want to start Sexton or Clarkson, and here we are. Two and six. It's not great. Giving up 120 points a game is pretty bad. Like, really fucking bad. <laughs> They've got a minus 8.3 point differential. The Jazz looks shit. I'm worried. Officially worried. And the Memphis Grizzlies, one and six. No jar, no hope. They got a win. Good on them, but Desmond Bain and uh, Marcus Smart. Jaron Jackson Jr. fouling every time he steps on the court. I don't know, but losing three of your six best players is a bit of a problem. So, yeah, Memphis, now they've got Bismack. They should be okay, but yikes, it's a bit of a worry. All right, let's do some game previews. There's all 30 teams. That's the vibes. The vibes in Memphis, not great. But still, they'll be okay. Jar will come back. They'll win some games. They've got a long way to come back there. All right, we'll do some game previews right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Let's do some game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's the dog going? Yeah, not bad. The dog's all right. It's still just we giving a dog fucking insulin shots twice a day. Anyway, he's okay. Uh, so no games today, obviously, so I'm not wrapping anything up. We'll just preview all 14 games for tomorrow because Statscon and I ran through each of these very quickly on yesterday's show. Uh, now I've got lines for everything. Uh, let's make some picks. So Washington at Charlotte. I just mentioned Rosé's missing for Charlotte. I don't think that matters. I think Washington can't fucking stop anybody. The over-under is 240 in this game. Charlotte could put up 140 by themselves. Washington, you got Poole, Kuzma up against Lamello, Miller. This is going to be fun. You're not going to say that too many times against like in Washington games, but this should be pretty gnarly. I'm going to go wash at Charlotte minus 3.5, and, and I'd go the over 240.5 points as well. Charlotte, I think they have just enough on both sides to uh, win this one. Just enough. Just enough. And they should win this one pretty handily. Uh, Give me Charlotte minus three enough. Utah go to Indy. Now, I just talked about both these teams and how Utah worry me. Indy are a weird team. I think they should win this, but I think Utah cover. It's a six and a half point line. I think Utah have a bit of size in Lowry. In John Collins, that's our tall cocktail. Kessler. Versus an indie team that basically is a bit of Miles Turner. Not much else in terms of size. So Halliburton should have a field day. It wouldn't surprise me if he dropped like another 30 piece with 12 assists. Uh, going up against the likes of Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, the turnstile, and uh, calling the sex man Sexton. But I think Utah can score enough to keep that close. So give me Utah plus six and a half in that one. Boston at Philly. It's a playoff rematch. It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait for this. Tatum absolutely love it. Yeah, what, 51 in that last round against uh, Philly at the end of the playoffs? Not bad. Boston are one and a half point favorites on the road in Philly, which is hilarious. And the uh, Sixers, all they do is cover. But I just like Boston's chances. Defensively, I just like them a little bit more than I do... Philly, because I think with Boston, you can throw Horford, you can throw the Zinger at 
Embiid, yeah, they might not make him work that much at this point, but they do have Giroud to go. Hey, uh, can you stop Tyrese Maxey from torching us? And he can go, okay. Jalen Brown, if Derek White's back as well, away you go. So I trust Boston's defense more than I trust Philly. So I'm going to go the Celtics minus one and a half just because you can sort of see how this lays out. Whereas Philly, they need a massive Maxi game. But this is a really tough matchup for him. So give me Boston minus one and a half. I'd probably still go the over. It's two top four offenses. Uh, Clippers in Brooklyn. This should be this the James Harden return home game. That's right. Remember that James Harden was on Brooklyn? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Rusty Kawaii and Paul George. I think they've just got a little bit too much the Clippers in Brooklyn. I'm going to go the Clippers minus three and a half. I don't feel good about this one. Because Brooklyn are playing teams tough. I just don't know if you're relying on Cam Thomas to like do everything for you. And Michael Bridges. I think the Clippers have enough on the perimeter to uh, shut them down. So I'm going to go the Clips minus three and a half. San Antonio, Bandera, Spurs, and Victor Wembenyama at MSG. This is going to be huge. Spurs against the Knicks. The Knicks are nine and a half point favorites at home against the Spurs. It's a big line. I can't trust the the Knicks. I really can't. Like they're giving up 102 points, they're only scoring 104. The Spurs are scoring 114 and giving up 125. Can the Knicks score enough to cover this line? Probably. I just don't know. I'm going to take the Spurs plus nine and a half as they just sort of force the Knicks into uncomfortable positions. If this was a, uh, I don't know what, having like sex in the back of a VW Beetle? What is that? That's a fucking Kevin Smith reference from like, what, more rats and shit or clerks or whatever. Anyway, uh, Phoenix go to Chicago. It's a repeat of the 1993 NBA Finals. The Suns are half-point underdogs, which I find fascinating. If Kevin Durant's playing, Phoenix wins. So give me Phoenix minus, well, sorry, Phoenix plus a half-point against the Bulls. I just don't trust the Bulls to beat anybody. Like, they're going to win some games, but... They'll do it in unconvincing fashion. So give me Phoenix plus a half point. The Lakers go to Houston. If AD plays, I'm taking the Lakers. If AD is not playing, I'd probably go Houston. If not, yeah. If there's no Anthony Davis, I think Shingoon Green, you know that Dylan Brooks is going to come out fired up. Fred Van Vliet, the fighting Van Vliet. The Lakers just have a couple of injuries there that if AD is not good to go, they get very thin very quickly and it's a lot of D-low. And that's not good for anybody. So if AD's playing, Lakers. If not, we're going to Houston. Miami in Memphis. This is a weird one because Memphis got a little bit of confidence after a win. Miami, though, just looks solid. Because as long as you've got Jimmy Butler, Bam, Tyler, there goes my hero. You should be too good for this weirdly bizarre sort of Memphis team. But they do have Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr., which matches up pretty well against Miami. So I think this will be closer than you think. But Miami are only one-and-a-half-point favorites anyway on the road. I'll take Miami. Just. Detroit Basketball Pistons go to Milwaukee. It's Algonquin for the good land. Minus 12-and-a-half for the Bucks. Uh, their favorites. Detroit are just getting the doors blown off them. Would not surprise me if Milwaukee do that again here. I think Milwaukee need a big get-right game. And Detroit, if Kay Cunningham can't punish Dame or lock Dame down, Detroit are in trouble. 
So I think that's what's going to happen. Give me Milwaukee minus 12.5. Minnesota hosting New Orleans. I mentioned this earlier. Minnesota 4-0 at home. They look awesome. The Pelicans without CJ, it's a worry. I'm going to go the Wolves minus 7.5. I think they eat them up. Just like they uh, that weird Minnesota Brazil Twitter account. That's fucking weird. Stop doing that. But also keep doing it because it's weird and I love it. Minnesota minus 7.5 over the Pals. OKC against Cleveland. Um... Cleveland have just looked wonky and weird at times. I'm going to go OKC plus two and a half. SGA, Gids, Chet, the Williams eyes. I think they can win this. And they're getting points at home. Home underdog, we're going OKC. Toronto at Dallas. I think Toronto have enough on defense to really keep this close with Dallas. They're five and a half point underdogs in Texas. I'm going to say the Raptors plus five and a half. I think between Scoob, OG, Siakam, Danny Schroeder. I think they can make Dallas work. Dallas have just sort of gone, yeah, man, we're fucking awesome. And Toronto walk in there and go, well, you better win this. And Dallas, who knows what's going to happen there, but I like Toronto plus five and a half. They've just got all that sort of size on the perimeter between Scoob, OG, and Siakam that I think Kyrie versus Schroeder is fun, but they can sort of throw a bunch of looks at Luka. So I like the plus five and a half. Golden State, Denver. This is unreal. Minus three and a half. The Nuggets are favorites, even without Jamal Murray. I still like Denver minus three and a half just because good luck trying to stop Joker with what? Kevon Looney, Draymond. It's just... And the defense... The defensive nature of the Nuggets at the moment combined with the whirring death offense, I just can't go past it. The Warriors have been really good at times. They've also had a couple of sketchy moments where you're like, oh, yeah, sure. So I like Denver at home. They've won 14 straight against teams from the West at home. They've covered five straight against the Warriors. Uh, their last three games have gone over. I like Denver, minus three and a half. Don't mind the over there too. And then Portland, Sacramento. Portland go to Sacramento, eight and a half point underdogs. I don't mind the plus eight and a half for Portland. The Kings, fire as a laser, look all out of sorts because they don't have Fox. Portland, with the steadying presence of Brogdon, Shade, and Sharp, they've got a couple of weapons they can keep that close. That should be a weirdly fun sort of game between a couple of weird teams. Sabonis going against his dad's old team as well. Love that. But it's an awesome slate. Like Golden State, Denver, Cleveland, OKC, Miami, Memphis, Lakers, Houston, Phoenix, Chicago, Clippers, Brooklyn, Wemby versus the Knicks, Boston, Philly, even Washington, Charlotte. This should be plenty of fun. On offer tomorrow. And how I've just done fucking like almost an hour worth of a show is beyond me. But here we are. All right. That's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be probably in the COVID office. So I might drag Stats Guy in to go through the 14 games because it's a big slate to keep track of. Um, so make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IG, and the subscribed across all of your channels, etc. Go check us out on YouTube as well. We'll pop up videos here and there. Uh, get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. It was a good show last night. I had a couple of tins leaned into it, Gaz and I. It was a fun one. Halfway mark of the NFL season. Gaz and I chop it up each week on NFL Australia. Get around meaaustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Get a hoodie, get a t-shirt. I'm wearing a t-shirt right now. God, they're comfy. They really are. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you use on your Android phone. It does help. So please rate, review, and star them. Go on. I don't ask for much, do I? Jeez, you just heard me yell for like almost an hour. The least you can do is make sure you've rated, reviewed, starred, written a couple of nice words. Oh, Jim, thanks, man. Just on your apples or whatever. Off you go. Big thanks go to From Ozo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats, as well. 
As thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Section I, Green, 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 and Dozer for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple Down Earth, Face the Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. And that's it. Uh, no skit, because i got to get the fuck back into uh, doing some work and shit. That's okay, because we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads, with a big slate to wrap up. It's God, it's going to be good. What a day. It's a huge NBA day tomorrow. Can't wait. All right, we'll talk to you then. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, hosen. How much more of this I can take?